Uh, Curtis is going to join us coming to the next segment because uh, we, we ra- I ran a little long with my uh, my, with your my wedding nickel. and birthday party story. And I'm telling you, man, I, I ate a lot of cake yesterday. I'll tell you that. But yeah. I, I don't know how. I don't go there a lot. Mm-hmm. My wife shops at QFC. We shop at different grocery stores. It's very funny. I don't <laughs> know why very we complex. do this. Yeah, it is. But damn it, man! I'll tell you what. That QFC. Mm-hmm. Man, can they make a birthday cake? Which QFC? The one there in Ballard? Uh, well, there's yeah, but we go to the one. We go to the one on Holman. Okay, yeah, the old arts. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I, I but I think if you pick any bakery mm-hmm. at any QFC, yeah, they have mastered how to make a birthday cake. They they know what they're doing. God Almighty, is it good? I heard uh, Harry got, and Megan got their cake at the QFC on Holman did. Road. Why wouldn't you? Did you watch any of that? Uh, we were she uh, recorded it. Yeah, we watched it, yeah. and I'm still watching the guy give the sermon. So. I thought he was great. It's still going on. Well, Boy, it was it great. Was, it didn't need to be an hour and a half. It was 11 minutes. It was way too long. 11, 11 minutes is way not that long, long for a sermon. I know you're probably not in church all we that fast, often. But, I never go to church. Uh, we fast forwarded. I'm like, he's still talking. 11 minutes is not that long for a sermon, especially he a wedding. He could have wrapped it up in two and two. Did two you listen to it? Huh? No, I fast forwarded because it was well, too long. Jackson, did you listen to it? it was uh, I, I, I rewatched part of it, but he, he, uh, Puck's right. It was yeah, way he, he too was long. Dragging My on. God, you guys the are missing se- the lead there. The, he was brilliant. Second, I wanted more of him. The second he put his elbow on on the mm-hmm. on the thing, I'm like, okay, we're gonna be here for an hour. So I'll, I'm gonna go mow the lawn, and yeah, he's still talking. I mean, Dick Bear, Dick Bear did my wedding, and he he went on about a minute, and at that point, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Dick, can we just move on here? Out. Let's go, let's go. That's no. uh, that sounds romantic. Dick Bear, can you just wrap it up, Dick? We got stuff we got to do. I want someone to come up there right away. Do you love her? Yes. Okay, let's go. Boom. Yeah, exactly. We're out. Can I tell you, whenever I'm watching a royal thing, I have the, the same thing for years now. I've had the same exact reaction. It's just, could there be a more conflicted, miserable guy than, than poor old Charles? Oh, well, yeah. Who, he's never going to see the throne because his mom won't die. Think about it. Every day, this guy wakes up with Camilla. Yeah. And, and, and he goes, all right, uh, stretches a little bit and, yeah. and, and pushes a button, gets on a phone, whatever they do in their car, and he calls his footman or whoever the hell he calls. Yeah. First, um, is she alive? <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't yes. tried to take her out at some point. Yes. Maybe yes. he already has, and they've, 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 you know, James Bond is squashed, and I don't know. Every day, every day here. Yes, she's, she, oh, God damn it. He's, um, it's unbelievable. How old is he now? Oh, I don't know. He's she's 92, 70, right? 70s, 70s? She's 92. He has to have thought for about the last 20 years, I'm, I'm going to have a chance to be king here. At what point here. does 69. she... Huh? 69. At what point does she just say, you know, when I, can she take... Can she say, I'd like to give it to him? No, can no, no, Can she not no, do that? No. She has to die? She's the queen. Oh, my Lord. I mean, now, really, I, what I great think, outfit, by the way, by her. I thought she looked lovely. She, she, I saw a PFT commenter said she was wearing a Seahawks color rush she jersey, which I love. color rush. Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, I think I saw somewhere, too, where Charles, they're basically kind of indicating they might just skip over him and just go ahead and, and, and go well, to... Well, at this point, they should. Let's yeah. let William have a shot at this. Yeah, let William. And then yeah. William's got three kids. Harry is never going to be king, and I don't think it bothers him. Huh? Harry no, looks like I, don't, he's a, I don't think he cares Harry so is, much to be king. No, because it, it's, it's William, and then it's the three little munchkins who all got to have their shot before Harry would ever well, get until it. Until Harry takes him out. I mean, he was in the military. He could do that. Yeah, yeah they they made great. They took great pains to point that out. Um, so we were talking about something in the break because we retweeted something. Apparently, we're going to raise property taxes again here in Seattle. So, uh, But it, I want to get back to the arena. Brian Windhorse. You know Brian Windhorse? Oh, Wendy at ESPN. Mm-hmm. He's, they hired him to follow around um, uh, LeBron. Yeah, right. That's yeah. really basically mm-hmm. what they do. Yeah. He said he was, someone sent this to me and said that um, he was answering a question through like a Twitter thread. And someone had asked him about Seattle, about expansion. Really, this this weekend, for some reason, I'm not sure why this came about, 
expansion in Seattle became a big topic this weekend on the internet for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if Adam Silver said something over the Mm -hmm. weekend about Mexico City or... What, no, it was what, nine what, or eight. Nine or eight was in Cabo and held a press conference right. about expansion. That's why. That's what started. What is, do we have an update yet on the poll question we, that you put out today about nine uh, or eight? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's. I'll get it here in a minute. Okay, but but he, I don't want to. The, the the what is that? Because I heard saw this and I didn't even pay attention to it yet. I just so think this Windhorse, is a lot of wind. Windhorse was was talking to you know someone on the internet. Someone asked him a question about Seattle and expansion. Some because Kansas City has been mentioned a lot. He says there are plans for a D-League team in Mexico City. We knew that already. They're putting mm-hmm. a D-League team in Mexico City, and most people think it's because they are, they're going to test out the market. Mm-hmm, right. That Adam Silver wants to go to Mexico City, wants to put a team there. So the first step is, well, let's put a D-League team there. Uh, basketball's huge in Mexico. It's huge right. in Mexico City. It's monstrous. And uh, so he says the plans are for a D-League team in Mexico City, and it's happening to test out the operational issues. issues. May work, may not. There we go. I love always that reporting. I don't believe the arena deal Seattle settled on was adequate for the NBA. Who's saying this? This is Windhorst. Brian Windhorst. Yeah. And until they have it, it's a non-starter. Now, I would say this about Brian. I mean, he's a national guy. He's probably not. He's not following the story close enough. Yeah. Every indication that we have gotten, I think, from that group is that it is adequate and that it is up to spec for the NBA. Now, I think that's what they have said. Now, I haven't heard anything directly from the NBA to dispute it or to say that it is. So I guess we really don't know. But, you know, from a guy who's a league insider, it was an interesting thing to to see commented on this weekend that he doesn't feel, and maybe he's talked to people, that it's not adequate for the NBA. I don't know. We've never got any indication that that's the case. It certainly can't be the building itself. Maybe the financial deal would not be adequate. You know, who knows? I mean, but they've they've said, OVG is definitely right. They they basically want to build a Staples Center up here. They want to have as many tenants as they can to ensure they're making money. Now, time will tell. I I thought this was kind of a whole lot of nothing, and I don't mean to discredit the guy. Maybe he's got somebody who's told him this. But so what? There's nobody knocking on the... There's nothing there yet. There's zero heat to this story right now, in my opinion. Well, well, if it's not adequate to the NBA, then... Then that is a huge story. If, if the, the NBA, NBA is, says it's not yeah, adequate, yeah, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. If he here, if someone's telling with the NBA that mm-hmm. they don't think that building would be adequate for the league, then we have a major issue here. We we do, but again, is somebody from the NBA? You know, I mean, or is this just him? I mean, has the I haven't seen anybody from the NBA say this yet, and nope. you know, so I don't think there's much heat to this thing yet. Now, maybe it'll, maybe it'll pick up today. Who knows? Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what it, what transpires. And we were just thinking about the uh, we were talking about construction in, in the break about you know the, this city and you know it's it's they're always delayed on everything. If I gave you a dollar right now, do mm-hmm. you think they will hit their uh, delivery time on? Make building that new arena that they will be ready in time. Uh, I'll say yes, and you owe me a dollar. The way you phrased that, you said, "If I give you a dollar right oh. now, will you?" And I'll well, say I'll yes. Yeah, that's true. Does he owe me a buck or what? Uh, yeah, you're baking the spirit of the uh, yeah. spirit of the. Bed. What? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. The Sounders are kicking you, off on time. If we bet they? a dollar. Will you say it would break on time? Yeah. I break I, on time? No, no, no. We'll no, never break on no, no, time. No. This show. A dollar. Yeah, if you stop talking, now you owe me two dollars. You stop talking, we'll break on time. I'm saying money. if I gave you a dollar, do you think that building will be open in time? Yes or no? I'll say yes. And again, the way you just phrased that, I get a dollar out of oh, this. I know why Graz left. All right, coming up next <laughs> is uh, Curtis Crabtree. We'll talk all things Seahawks. Back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. All right, he's been handling our updates throughout the show. Now we've uh, we've asked him to make the long walk in from the update studio into the main studio. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the world's best reporter, Curtis Crabtree. 
from 950 KJR, also Pro Football Talk. And the first, uh, I believe, KJR uh, employee to have two holes in one, right? Uh, the one, Has no. Has anybody else gotten two? the one count? Yeah, the other one counts. Oh, yeah, they, they count. They count. Well, no, wait, you didn't have it this year. That was a different shot. What was your first hole-in-one? It was at Aldera Alde- two and a half oh, years ago. Aldera. Yeah. Be- before he was banned from the club yeah. for being too good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's a, what's a membership cost there a year there, Chris? I don't know. Yeah. More than I can afford. <laughs> so Aldera, and then you had one this weekend. Yeah. Tell everyone where this, this uh, weekend Down was. at North Shore, West yeah. Federal Way, slash North Tacoma area. Mm-hmm. What's hey, the yard? The, 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 this 200 distance? yards, hit a five-wood, pin high, caught the back slope, and came back into the How hole. How about that? Hey, Curtis, wasn't North Shore, uh, I hadn't been down there in years. I thought they were going to close that. Did they? Was there an effort it, made to say? Obviously, got, they say I it. believe it got bought by um, an Indian tribe down there. They're building a brand-new, massive... Clubhouse. Good for them. That's great. I'm, I'm, that's cool. Well, good for you, man. Congratulations. Thanks. Way to go, man. Well, how about we, you know, what, did you buy a round of drinks? I got out of there pretty quick afterwards. I had to come oh, cover Oh, Curtis. Boy, oh, boy. I got to cover America. Because you don't partake, okay, so, and that's one thing. So, so that's the guy- a, this is a great, hold on. This might be our lunch with listeners question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't drink, if you don't partake mm-hmm. in alcohol, should you be allowed to skate on, which is a longstanding tradition if you get a hole in one? Right. You go into the bar, you buy a round of drinks for everyone. Look, there's not, I don't know if there's a better golf commercial than the one about 10 years ago with a little kid hitting the hole in one. Oh. And nobody, he looks around to see if anybody saw him, and there's a groundskeeper, right? Remember that oh, commercial? Yeah, yeah. The groundskeeper says, I saw about. it. Yeah. He says, you know what this means, don't you? He goes, yeah, drink on me, and the kid buys him a soda. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with alcohol. you got to buy the drinks. Yeah, and so you you didn't buy anything. You skated out of there. You ran to your, you got off 18. You ran to your car, threw your oh, clubs no, in, no, and no, got no. out of no, there. No, I was still there for like an extra hour and a half or okay. whatever. But it, the the guy I played with was a buddy of Dick Fane's. Okay. And I think he was more excited about the hole-in-one than I was. Okay. <laughs> so, I so and he, but he's excited because he's thinking you're going to buy him a round of drinks. He he bought my my soda. Wait, wait, it, no, I, wow. I'm telling you, he bought my diet coke afterward. Yeah, well, how about not that? How it that's works. not no, no, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. He just did it. Yeah. Oh my lord. Yeah, this is a real. You know, there's some right. decorum in this game. So I you're am. leaving Thursday for Indy, right? Uh uh-huh, yeah. So Wednesday we're going to go down to Chen's Village. Uh-huh. Right down here, down the okay. street, four finger pours at Chins. That's a, it's a four finger pour Wednesday at Chins Village down here. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Fifteen, and we're going down there, and you're going to buy us a round of drinks because you have to buy it on hey, some. You weren't playing with me. No, yeah, neither good. are the people in the bar, Curtis. Good. But you have to give. You have to pay it for. There is some tradition here, right? I, mean, I thought there's. That's the whole point of golf is yeah. tradition. Yes, you're about tradition. Yeah. Well, congratulations yeah. anyway. Allow the we're going to allow people that maybe lunch with listeners to decide whether yeah, or not you have, you have got to pay, uh, you got to pay or not. I don't know. Huh? Jackson, what do you have for? Me? Hey, kid. Here we go. Nice shot. There we go. Of course, you know what this means, don't you? Yep. The drinks are on me. Curtis buying a soda pop. I remember the commercial. Help us preserve this wonderful game. Yeah. Become a member of the USGA, and you'll receive the rules of golf, a year subscription to Golf Journal, a U.S. Curtis. Open hat. You're, you're, yeah, exactly. Rules of golf. You, you rules, are of golf. rules of golf, sir. Hey, I'll, 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 I'll go a little bit for sure. All the way. I mean, listen, gas is going to be there. We'll have Jackson. We'll have Purple Sheet, Shocky, Softy. The whole group's going to go down to Chin's Village for a four-finger pour Wednesday at Chin's Village. <laughs> <laughs> right Your after hands. the show. Right after the and show. Stick Curtis with the bill. And I don't think this is. I, I don't know if this is necessarily <laughs> what the the gods of golf had in mind. Well, I think he has to go back down to North Shore and buy. And we tell everybody in the Greater Federal Way area. Everybody. get your ass over to North Shore this <laughs> afternoon. Curtis is going to be there about two o'clock. Actually, that's better. Let's do a show from down there, and then we'll invite all of our listeners. So ten people will show up. 
It's only 10, Curtis. Don't worry about it. You're not going to spend a lot of money. Uh, OTA start today. Uh, the, we, we get to actually put our eyeballs on them on Thursday. Uh, this is their last OTA, right? Until they, they have the 10. last voluntary. They have 10 practices that they can ha- have that are categorized as OTAs. Four of them will be open to the media okay. to be out there for. But again, and this then, is voluntary. This yes. The only mandatory thing in the entire offseason is the June veteran minicamp. Okay. So that'll be a three-day camp in, in in mid-June, and then they'll be out for a month and change before they start training camp. I think it'll be uh, the last Wednesday of, of July. I don't remember the exact date. It, it might be the 25th or so. It should be the day when they, they come in for their, right. the, start, the, right. the start of training camp. It's 15 days before their first preseason game, which is two weeks on from that for, uh, on the Thursday. So, yeah, that sounds about right. When we talk about how the game maybe has been impacted by less practice and less hitting and all that, it's more later in the year. This is the OTAs. To, to I, I don't know, agree or disagree with me, but I don't know how much is accomplished during this. I'm sure there's some things the coaches would tell you, but this they're, they're not. You know, I don't ever remember hearing a guy like in the in the Super Bowl last year. I don't remember. You know, the Eagles really locked this thing up with a good OTA last May. I mean, you know. this is this is all just. Yeah. First of all, the whole thing's stupid. They should be able to practice and be with the facility and do anything at the facility any time of year because they're paid professional athletes. They shouldn't be this. This you can only have a week here. And well, a week the there. Pl- the players bargain this. Yeah, this well, is what the players wanted to have for yeah. their for 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 their system is that they they pushed for fewer practices, fewer off season days where they have to be at the facility in exchange for stuff like Thursday night football games. For instance, where the money comes in from that, you know, so that's part of the process that they went through for for setting things up. But yeah, there's not a ton that you can accomplish in this. You can obviously install your offense, get the rookies and your new players and defense, get your rookies and new players up to speed with the system that you have in general on a trial run before you do it again at the end of July. Start to get everybody acclimated to the process of how you run your practices, those sort of things. But there's no pads. There's, you know, at least through the the first practices, you know, the the rookie mini camp that we saw a couple weeks yeah, back. They, they got they, they rock helmets today, right? Yeah, they can put helmets on, but that's about it. And, and even then, remember you you've seen Seattle punished for going too hard in their off season practices uh, with you know loss of draft picks and fines and those sort of things because they've had guys run into each other and that that's supposed to not happen and all of those sort of. So yeah, it's very regulated with how much yeah. they can do. Yeah. I would, I would just have full on tackle today. That's what I want. I and set the tone. Full on, no pads, just you know, helmets. Let's just go full on, eleven on eleven. How about an Oklahoma drill? Just Junk, to start junction boys, sort of. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, Obviously, the storyline will be Earl Thomas. Whether or not he'll be there, he hasn't been at the other ones, right? I yeah, mean, I don't know why he would be. Yeah, why would he show up to this point in time? So yeah. uh, you know, if he if he were to skip the three day mini camp in June, then I think you start wondering a little bit. But as far as right now, you've had. Numerous players, whether it's Michael Bennett, Marshawn Lynch, throughout the year, skip these practices, and nobody really bats too big of an eye at it. Because the June when you said is mandatory, yes, but again, it's the only mandatory even one. if he skips that, well, it's a pretty sizable fine. Is it a fine that yeah. they'd, they'd clock him? Yeah, yeah. The, the way they well, ultimate jurisdiction on that relies with the team, so mm-hmm. they would have to determine whether they wanted to actually enforce it or not, I believe, but yeah, they, they could they would fine him at that point. So what do coaches tell you they want to accomplish during this this stretch? I, I, like I said, it's it's getting 
those new pieces to your team up to speed with the offense and stuff that you're working in. It's a new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, so they are changing some schemes. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of carryover from playbook from the Daryl Bevel ran to Brian Schottenheimer because they like what they do philosophically, so it's not going to change a ton. They're not all of a sudden going to go Mike Leach air raid on everybody and right. change the entire... That's be spectacular. Well, it, yeah, we'll see. Be great little bubble screen action. Whether yeah. it works or not, it would yeah. be spectacular. Which I think Schottenheimer, what does he call his play where the line breaks down and everyone runs in, and then Russell's got to dance for like uh, an jail hour break. Back there. Yeah, Joe, and then find <laughs> and then find Doug Baldwin like open over the middle. Yeah, they can't do that much anymore. Yeah. Um, and so that that's all stuff that you can try to accomplish here over this part of the off season. They can line up against each other at this stage of the off season with offense versus defense, and actually go through the paces a little bit. Early stages of, uh, of off season work, phase one, as they would call it, they basically can't line up against the other half of the ball. So it's all individual work, drill work, those sort of things. Now you're at the point of the off season where you can line up against somebody else, but line play is really limited with how much you can do, how much contact you can have up front. Um, same thing with on the outside. You can't press a ton with receivers and, and cornerbacks and all those sort of things. So it's very much uh, kind of um, think of it like a, a walkthrough plus sort of situation where you're basically going through the motions, making sure everybody is yes, I love a good taking care, of, care yeah. of themselves and all. That's basically the, the gist of the, the setup. You know, the other thing, obviously, in this, this you, you can't build this. It has to happen naturally, but... It is, you know, it is the start of whatever camaraderie you're going to have by the end of this season. It kind of starts when you start hanging out a little bit, and you're at the and there's guys at the facility all the time. I mean, it's right there, and they're working out on their own. Yeah, they they couldn't do that up until about what was it mid April or so mm-hmm. um, when they, they literally can't be in the facility see, doing now, that now, stuff. Now, is that, for all, a stage is that of the see? This is what I was talking about earlier. Is that on their end? See, that's the part I don't get about this whole thing. Yes, this is on the players' that end. It's just, why would you... I don't understand that. Because you're why veteran would, players. The, why do the veteran players why, care if rookies are coming in and getting up to speed right away? Sure, but uh, but you're saying guys can't go into the facility in the offseason and work out? Yes, they prefer to work out with their own people on the outside. But if you live here, I guess that's just the thing. It's like, if I live here, why why can't I go to the place where I work to go work out? And I've got to go to an L.A. fitness? That's the way the players have set it up collectively. Uh, it's just odd. I don't, yeah. know. I don't know why they, that's they, odd they, to me. They don't want to have to be in the building a month after the season ends, going through workouts with their coaches. Yeah. Front, you know, it, it, they want a break, right? And so, what they if I want to just use a stairmaster, Curtis? <laughs> well, they got the means to do so. You can negotiate. You can buy a stairmaster if you're an NFL home. guy. It'd be, it'd be no no sweat whatsoever. They're more rowing machine guys. How much, uh, Curtis, in terms of the OTA, that's an organized team activity, how much unorganized team, in, in other words, again, when guys are allowed in the building, it, how, how much do you get the sense of, hey, let's go out, I mean, because I get the sense Russell would try to organize stuff all the time. Well, he's done he that over the last several years, where right. he's gotten receivers together down in, usually, either it's either been Hawaii or... Los Angeles. Well, the Hawaii's when we, they threw all their personal garbage over the cliff. Supposedly that worked out really well <laughs> at the end of the day, apparently. So, um, <laughs> what are we so, going to do that? Let's go up to, uh, what is it, uh, Honeymoon Bluff there in, in Magnolia. Let's mm-hmm. throw all our personal garbage over the Honeymoon uh, Bluff. Sure. I got a whole, I got a bunch of stuff in the car. We cleaned the garage out. I could take a lot of personal garbage. Maybe we garbage can throw, and then, and then Curtis can finally, you know, he can throw over his, um, his, um, his, his, his dishonesty. Of not being able to pay for hole in one. I don't know if that's so, dishonesty so much. It's just it's, you just chose not to do it. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's not like I've lied about it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah, he was very are, upfront. Are the are the rookies there? 
Yeah, yeah, they can take part. Okay. There, there might be a, an exception or two because of of league rules about graduating players and when they can be there. I don't know if that rules changed. I remember hearing something about it potentially changing, but it, I, I'm not sure of the particulars on it. I don't remember exactly where it says. But yeah, I mean, I think in the past, I'll go reference that at least. Yeah. In the past, it's been if your class hasn't graduated by X amount of time, right. then you need to wait for your graduation basically to happen before you can take part. I don't remember if that's still the case or not, but that has been the situation before. Wow. It'll be interesting to see how the offense does look in terms of, as you say, they're going to carry some stuff over. Obviously, they're going to do some things different. If they carry a lot over, they're going to have people screaming because everybody was so, so ready to blame everything on Bevel last year. Well, it, it's... Blaming the offensive coordinator is the easiest argument of anybody to make, and, and, and most of the time the it's board. a crap argument. Mm-hmm, right? Because there's so many variables to break down that how are you really going to attribute whether a play call is the true defining factor of why something failed, and mm-hmm. not the execution by the player in a certain in- instance? Um, a guy missing a block, a guy you know miss not seeing an open receiver. Oh no, it was the play call's fault. Mm. Really? Are you sure about that? Because I, I I think it's tough to apportion blame on that sort of thing. Mm. Collectively, there's certainly some instances where you can do it, but I think it's just a cop out argument most of the time. Yeah, I did a show with Warren Moon years ago, and he made a, a great point one time of saying what the, the people that get too deep into X's and O's sometimes don't realize is that the second this is warren moon saying this the second you snap the ball about six things go wrong sure you know this guy on defense is supposed to be doing this and he's not my guy over here is supposed to be doing this and you know that everything it just it's a you draw it up and if everybody does exactly what they're supposed to do this is how it's gonna yeah, work well, i mean take a look like at a baseball game and say how could the guy leave the pitch there well you know what i guess he probably wasn't trying to throw the fastball <laughs> dead over the middle of the plate right. it's like that guy for the tigers he's not trying to hang an o2 slider no. over the right. plate for mitch Hammond. no you know it's like he why would he throw that himself, pitch? well, well guess what he probably made a mistake and yeah. that happens too because these are people yeah, exactly. Uh, Curtis Crabtree, a defender of Daryl Bevel, in studio with us here. <laughs> yeah, he always has been, and uh, uh, I, I, I will. That's a blanket argument for no, all know, offensive coordinators. The yeah. back to Earl for just a quick sec. They have the means. They have the money to pay him. They can. They yes. can execute it if they want to. The question is, did they learn anything from the Cam Chancellor situation to where they've got to look in the mirror and, and ask themselves, do they want to go down this road again with someone like this? Then now he's not the same situation just because of age and health, but it, it is it has some similar. Uh, it's, there are some parallels here. Do they want to do this one more time with a guy who's a veteran? Well, let's look back to the 2010 draft when they selected him. There was a lot of question. You know, can you can you leave Earl Thomas at safety, a guy who's that small? Can he hold up in the position? All of those sort of arguments were made at the time, right? Right. Now he's been able to avoid the big injury throughout most of his career, with the broken leg aside from a year yep. year uh, year plus ago. But now that he's going to be, thir- uh, be, you know, beyond thirty years old, is that going to start to change? Is he going to start to break down a little bit more? Is he going to be able to hold up for that right. for the long term to where you're going to want to commit that money to him for another? Three, four, five plus seasons at this point. It's tough to say, and that that's the that's the place you have to find yourself in. Because yes, they did it with Cam Chancellor, who's by far a more physical player than, than Earl Thomas has been. But then he has the you know the neck injury that he comes across last year in Arizona, and now his career is on thin ice. You don't know because of what his health status is going to be, and they're going to be behind it on the money standpoint for at least this season, whether he plays or not. Um, to to take care of that because of the injury that he had and the contract he has. So you, if you don't think that's thinking factoring into their thinking at all, it absolutely is. What uh, what is uh, the date? I don't know if there's a date, but when are we going to find out about Cam? 
Uh, Pete Carroll told us earlier in the offseason that he has um, some sort of a, a, you know, a, a follow-up he's appointment. Another, he's uh, another scan. It's in yeah, July a scan. Right? It's either yeah. late June or early July, I think is what they said. So that will be when they get a little more clarity there. Basically, the 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 way I've heard it described to me is that there, you know, the scans show something there, and you know, there's a possibility that it could alleviate itself, mm-hmm. but they don't know that it will, and so it's kind of just a wait and see sort of thing. It's not a bad thing, you know, because if you're addicted to something or or you you love the sport so much, he, you know, you bring a, like like for Cliff for for instance. I mean, Cliff decided I mean, he loves football, obviously, but he's decided, you know, I gotta I gotta step away. That kind of scared me. That shook me up. I wanna I wanna. Be able in 10, 15, 20 years, play with my kids and be fine. I think I feel like I Cam. I mean, Cam loves the game so much that I, and I say addicted to it, and it's not a, a bad word, but he, I think it's like Ichiro. I think he's addicted to the sport. He loves it so much he wants to continue to play. I think it'd be very hard for him to be, to have to look in the mirror and walk away from the sport. Yeah. It's, because of injury. You it's, know, it's, uh, it's hard for him to do, well, I think. P- people. It doesn't happen in sports very often, but people want to have things on their own terms. Right. And, you know, whether it's through injury, whether it's through all of a sudden you think you have ability left that other people don't think you have. Take a look at Des Bryant right now. Yeah. He probably thinks he's still an $8 million receiver, and he right. ain't close. Right. That's why he doesn't have a contract at the moment. It's, uh, not a hu- it's not a huge difference either, but when you compare Chancellor to Averill, Averill's got a couple of years on him. Yeah. It was a little more in the natural. Yeah, Cliff wanted to play a few more years, yeah. but it was a little closer to the natural order of things, whereas Cam's like, look, man, I just turned 30. I got a few more years. Sure, yeah. and I mean, you want to look at the cold realities of contracts and that sort of thing. It was going to be probably untenable for Seattle to keep Cliff Averill into this next season given the contract savings that they could get by you know by releasing him I think they saved seven and a half million the injury is there's a guarantee from the injury that cuts a little bit out of that but look at what they've done this offseason in totality if Cliff Averill seven and a half million that they could get out of was there and take the injury out of it to mm-hmm. move into the next point you know that was probably going to happen mm-hmm. so how does that change what Cliff would have done from a football standpoint he probably would have continued playing and find somebody else to play for mm-hmm. don't get me wrong but it, you know, there's a decent chance it wasn't going to be here regardless. Um, so we'll have to see how that. Obviously, the injury has made it to where now he's on our team. Yeah. You know, moving forward, which is awesome to see. Um, but uh, that's kind of the stark realities that teams have to deal with. Uh, great stuff. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll throw out the uh, poll question. Probably lunch with listeners. Should, right. should Curtis have to go back to North Shore Golf Club and buy a round for the bar after his uh, hole in one from 200 yards out with a five wood? Can I? Can he I skate say- it out? Can I say that I don't know that there's ever been a, a, a discussion that is going to influence a person less? Because I think even if a hundred people come and say, yes, he should, Curtis would be like, that's, <laughs> no, that's fine. It doesn't matter what I, the I people don't do say. what you say. Curtis says, I'm out. I'm yeah. not going to buy you anything. I admire that. Curtis is a man of his own. He He's like, nobody's going to tell me what to a do. A man of principle. Ladies and gentlemen, Curtis Crabtree of headlines uh, throughout the afternoon. We'll continue coming up again at the top of the hour. We'll have lunch with listeners brought to you by the Other Coast Campaign. Now back to Puck It in the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. About uh, 10, 15 minutes away, top of the hour. Lunch with listeners brought to you by the Other Coast Cafe. Uh, We'll talk to you about the M's. We talked a great deal about the M's uh, in the first hour. How excited are you about the start of the season? I know it just feels a little different with these guys, especially with some of the... When I say younger players, like... 
guys that are going to be around the team for a little longer than just a, a kind of rent a player. I mean, Hanniger yeah. and Segura aren't young, young. They're not 23, 24, uh, but they're certainly not old. And also, we'll have to throw it out to the people. We're going to allow the people to decide on Curtis. Is it is People's Court? Are we doing no, a Monday I mean, edition? It could be a Monday's edition of a People's Court, but Curtis, our own Curtis Crabtree, had his second mm-hmm. hole-in-one this week. Yeah. Back on Friday at the North Shore Golf Course down in Federal Way, I believe. Uh, and he left the premise without buying a round of drinks for people in the bar. Mm-hmm. So should Curtis have to be forced to go back to the North Shore Golf Club and buy a round of drinks or take out the KJR staff uh, to the world-renowned, <laughs> the historic Chins Village yes. down here on uh, 15, and uh, I guess not 15, what is that, Elliot? Down here on Elliot and buy us a round. Yeah. Uh, I like that idea actually better here at Chins Village. Yeah, well, it, because it involves you and me well, yeah. and us getting the benefit of How many times have you been to Chins Village? Have you ever been in there? I've been. I've got a great Chins oh, Village Chins story. Chins Village is, boy, you professional drinkers go into Chins Village. I've been in there once. Yeah. And I was meeting uh, my friend Jason Finn. Okay. Uh, it was when we were down at the other building, down 351. And, and I walked in, and Finn is sitting over in the corner, and then there's this huge birthday party raging in the bar. Yeah. And, for, and somebody there knew me. Gas! Gas! And they brought me in, and they thought I had come to the birthday party. <laughs> You're here! Here's Alan! Here He's he here! Is. He's happy to see you! And I'm like, okay. And so and yeah. the whole time, Finn is watching this unfold with, with a little bit of bemusement. Yeah. Uh, as as I kind of make my way through and get pictures taken, and I'm kissing babies, That's and I finally get back, I'm like, I, I hope you guys have a good time. I don't know anybody yeah. here. I'm, I'm happy you, birthday. You should have just stayed. You should have got made free drinks. Just buy someone in there buying free drinks. Why like not? Hey, how many of the how many of the 17 franchises in the NHL, NBA, NFL, and baseball can you name? Seven. Okay. Who who have never been to a championship round in their sport? Because no. the Vegas Golden Knights, less than a year old. No. Are going to the Stanley Cup Finals? Uh, boy, I could name them. Uh, I, I mean, I, we talked about this before. Is it good or bad for the sport? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, if it were happening here, if like yeah. when the new Seattle team comes here, the right. uh, the uh, the Steelheads or whatever the hell we're the puck slammers, the, the puck slammers, the when puck come, stuffers. I'm sorry, the puck yeah, stuffers. Yeah, the puck stuff. When they come here, no one in this town would be upset if they were in the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, other people across America or Canada would probably be upset, but we, we certainly aren't. And we brought it up with Ian, you know, a few weeks ago mm-hmm. when we t- we had a whole show about it. Would it be good for the sport to have a team in its in its very first year go play in the Stanley Cup Finals? Now, it's a great story. We we chat about this earlier. It's a great story. What's going on there? I mean, I, again, I, I'll reference Barry Melrose again. What he said yesterday that was great. That these were castoffs from other teams, right? So guys right. that people didn't value enough on a team. They made it, you know, eligible for those guys to be selected. And then on top of it, what happened in Vegas. How that how that team and that city rallied around them, but I will still say it's not good for the sport. It's just it's it's not good for a sport when a team in its very first year can win a championship. I I don't know if I think it's bad. Yeah, it's probably. I, mean, it's, I think it's kind of. I don't know. I I don't. How is it not good? Doesn't it light a fire under everybody? It's unfair what the league did to set them up for to success. It's massively unfair. What they but did. but you so you can't you can't uh, rectify those two statements. Uh, then on the one hand, they're all castoffs. On the other hand, it wasn't fair. Which one? Which one are we going with? Well, were they cast off, well, or is it it's, unfair? It's, it's not fair how they were able to get the system to get draft picks to be able to build their system. I mean, I think that would other teams feel it's fair how they were how they were treated in the expansion draft? No, because no one else was given the opportunity that Las Vegas was to build their team. But I mean, I think in sports you have to. There is something to be said for paying your dues in a sport, and they they yeah. are going to go one year. What's going to be yeah. and then win it, and they have a chance to win the thing. What's going to be obviously. interesting is, and particularly if they end up winning it, or even if they don't, not during the finals, 
is if they now have a four or five year stretch where they level off and they're not very good, how's that going to impact attendance? I mean, it's it's tough when you're opening. You know, you play your biggest hit uh, with the opening song of the concert. The rest of the show can go kind right. of flat. I mean, they're going to raise the bar for themselves if they yeah. never get back in and win it again. I mean, what is it going to turn? Is it going to turn into a Marlins situation? Right. I mean, that no and, one goes to those games, and they they have two championships. The Marlins, the D-backs, the Rockies all had the Rockies didn't win it, but they all had great starts. They got real good, real fast. Did the D-backs won it? D-backs won it, and yeah. the, and the Marlins won it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think the Rock the Rockies oh, okay. had a good start, yeah. is what I'm saying. Uh, now, you know this has happened... The D-backs are such a pitiful situation right now, they're trying to move out of the stadium. Well, th- that's shameful. That is absolutely shameful that 20 years in, they want a, they want a new publicly funded stadium. I don't stadium know why they've or... honestly put sports down there, other than other than the Phoenix Suns. Right. Because none of it works. Uh, you know, now, this has happened before in the NHL. This is not the yeah. first expansion team to get to the, the finals. Yeah. And, but that was convoluted. You know that story. Well, yeah, because they're all expansion. Yeah, which was an interesting way for the league to do that. They had they had Montreal, Boston, New York, Toronto, Detroit, and Chicago for years, the original six. Then they doubled, imagine this, they doubled the size of the league in 67. They put in Philly and Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and, uh, and St. Louis, and Oakland, and L.A., and they did an interesting thing. They said, let's put all the expansion teams right. in one division so the fan bases will have something to root for. Four of them will make the playoffs. Right. One of them will make the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, I think it's... It- I'll be real interested, and I base everything on, on numbers, but obviously this is a sport that we're going to have here in about about two years, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have this, or I guess less than that, right? Or five years if your arena proposal falls. Well, I don't know. I, I just, if you had to, if I no, had no, to. It's a, it's a fair question. If I had to bet a could, dollar, could they will, screw Key this up? Arena, will Key Arena open on time? And my based on living in this city, mm-hmm. based on watching things been, be constructed around here, my gut would be there's not a chance in hell that thing opens up on time yeah. with the way people act around here. And really, it's just the city. Now, if this will have nothing to do with OVG. Let me be clear. It's nothing to do with like Wiki and those guys. It's, it's, it's those guys city, will yeah. have, have, have all their ducks in a row. Will, will, somebody, will, the city. will somebody downtown throw a monkey wrench into this? Yeah, because they always kind. do. Yeah. They, I mean, it's just the way, the way things are done around here. But, um, yeah, I, we would be hypocritical, and I am a hypocrite. Like if the, the the team here in a year and a half opens up and they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm not bitching about it at all. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of weird to see them in it right away, and it's going to be. I mean, I think for pure hockey enthusiasts, I mean, I'll ask this to Furness later. I mean, are is how do you generate support for a sport that doesn't get huge TV numbers and isn't widely loved nationally? Mm-hmm. If it's Tampa Bay and Las Vegas. Right, I mean that's you know, that, but that was going to be the case this year, no matter who it was. Really, if it's Washington or Winnipeg, I mean, in some ways, getting Winnipeg out, I would have loved to see Winnipeg. But that's better for the TV numbers. This Vegas thing should create some TV heat behind it. Uh, you would think because it, uh, because it is kind of a unique story. Wow. Uh, I don't know if I think it's bad. If I'm a if I'm a fan of another team, I'm like, whoa, whoa there are no excuses. Let's go. They did it one year. Sure. Let, you guys out. have had all these years to operate. Find some good guys, and let's go be as good as Vegas. All right, lunch with listeners coming up. We'll, we'll flip it back to you. What the, What's the one thing why you're more interested in the Mariners? And then, for you golf fans out there, should Curtis have to go back to North Shore and buy a round of drinks for his hole-in-one? He had a hole-in-one on Friday, then he skirted out of town. He got in his car as fast as he possibly could in his car, and he drove away. Lunch with listeners, top of the hour, Brock. Brought to you by the Other Coast Cafe.